Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Good morning and welcome everyone to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I am your host, Dwayne Callender. It is rivalry week in college football. We got the Iron Bowl, we got the Egg Bowl, we got the game between Michigan and Ohio State. So a lot to talk about for college football. We also had some action last night with uh, Virginia uh, Tech uh, beating Virginia in a pretty tame game uh to speak, we also had UCF um, maintaining their undefeated streak, uh, beating South Florida on a kick return for a touchdown uh, as the game uh, game winning uh, touchdown. But uh, uh, you know, a lot of uh, talk was going around in terms of the games last night. But it was really the early game that uh, had everyone talking, and that was Miami going down to Pitt and. You know, Miami's been walking a very tight rope the entire year with some of the comebacks they had to do. And yesterday, they were just flat. Uh, You know, they started out flat again uh, the week before against Virginia. Managed to get some turnovers to come back out of it, but just did not have it yesterday. And uh, Pitt took it to them. I mean, Pitt uh, didn't have anything to really play for, but they played big. They played with nothing to lose. They had a a uh, freshman quarterback who just stepped up and, and delivered. And, uh, again, Miami just was not in the, any uh, any sort of uh, uh, impetus to actually uh, uh, get something going. Because Terry Rozier, you could tell, he was having an off day. He couldn't hit any of his throws. He had to get pulled uh, during the game. And, you know, sometimes when you have an off day like that, uh, whether you could cite lack of concentration, just – uh, just a ailment, something bugging you. I mean, it was permeating that entire team. I mean, I think part of it had to do with maybe uh, they were reading their own press clippings. I know the Georgia fans are going to cite Mark Richt in big games uh, when there's pressure on him, his teams fold up. Uh, to me, this was a classic trap game, which, again, not the most pressure, but once Miami uh, ran into it, uh, they finally blinked. And so uh, I, I just look at it this and and say that Miami pretty much doomed their chances for the college football playoff. Here's the reason why I say that. Uh, In the playoff, even if they were to beat Clemson, the problem that they're going to run into is the fact that you're going to have other teams in the mix now. Uh, So you're going to have Wisconsin in the mix. You're going to have a TCU in the mix, even though they've got losses the resume of some of the teams they beat compared to Miami uh, is pretty impressive. And some of Miami's biggest wins don't look as great because of the fact that uh, some of the ways uh, some of these teams have lost down the stretch, it's actually kind of weakened some of their arguments. So uh, right now the ACC uh, definitely is only going to get one team in 
if Clemson wins. If Miami wins, Clemson may still get in somehow. I just don't see Miami leapfrogging uh, at Clemson because at least Clemson's only loss this year was due to the fact that Kelly Bryant got injured at uh, at Syracuse. Uh, I mean, Clemson's had the more impressive resume throughout the entire year. Again, I don't think Miami is even going to be in the conversation because I think Clemson is a far superior team and they're just going to take care of business. But I just think that uh, for the long haul, Miami kind of just uh, doomed their own playoff chances of, yeah, because, I mean, the talk was maybe if Miami lost a close game to Clemson, they could still get in. I didn't think that was possible. I thought Clemson was going to be a heavy favorite and should be a heavy favorite against Miami. But uh, that loss yesterday just dooms Miami. I, I think even with a win, uh, they're going to they're gonna find themselves on the outside looking in. Uh, maybe the committee takes uh, pity on them just because of the na- name recognition with Miami. But I just think it's a hard sell uh, saying that Miami is one of the top four teams in the country. So let's get into some of the college games. Uh, Football games going on later today. Uh, right now, I'm watching Premier League action, and Tottenham is struggling mightily against West Brom, trailing one nothing at home in Wembley Stadium. But anyway, we're we're gonna focus on the uh, the college football game here, not the Premier League. We'll get the Premier League uh, maybe tomorrow. But uh, uh, in terms of the college football. Uh, you've got uh, some matchups that were supposed to be good on paper, and uh, I mean, just will not be uh, leading off of that brigade is uh, uh, the Seminoles, uh, Florida State versus uh, going into the swamp in Florida. Uh, I mean, Florida is a mess. Uh, you've got the courtship of Chip Kelly uh, going on right now between Florida and UCLA. I, I think UCLA has this one on lock. I, I, I can't see uh, Chip Kelly signing up to go to the SEC and get his head bashed in by Nick Saban year after year because Chip Kelly's teams do not play defense. They don't believe in defense, to be honest, uh, in my opinion. And I I just can't see any scenario where he would go to uh, Florida unless he had no other options. I think he'll use Florida to pump up the money that he's going to get at uh, UCLA, and that's going to be the end of it. Uh, I'm not even sure why Florida's even trying that hard to land Chip Kelly. Other than he's a name. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a name, but is he a good fit? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think there's ever really been a case showing that he's been the guy to recruit in that South Florida area. So we'll see We'll see how it pans out, but I, I just think it's a lock that uh, UCLA gets Chip Kelly. Now, as for the game itself, one of these teams has to go to a bowl game because they both have four wins on the year. They both have losing records. They're going to end the year on losing records. But because of name recognition, as long as they get to five wins, the committee has to put them in a bowl game somewhere. So someone has to go to a fourth-tier college bowl game this year. And I think it's going to be Florida State. They're favored by five and a half. I think it's a lock that Florida State gets it done. Uh, I mean, in terms of Florida quarterbacking situation... It's just been an absolute mess this year, especially with the McIlwain situation, how that spiraled out of control. Uh, Florida just needs to reboot and figure out what they want to do going forward. As it stands right now, Florida is a top 10 program in the nation that is being run like a mid-major school. They need someone to right the ship quickly, and they need to find a quarterback stat. 
Speaking of teams that need to find a quarterback stat, we have Michigan on our hands. And in terms of the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, uh, the uh, Buckeyes are in position to actually win four games in a row uh, on the, this uh, rivalry because JT Barrett has the chance to actually win the Golden Pants Award for beating Michigan four years in a row. I'm very curious about uh, this uh, dynamic because, to me, I think uh, Ohio State wins this game, I mean, uh, based off of JT Barrett. If Barrett's on, I I, I just think this is a no-brainer. The issue that I see with this is that you don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for Michigan. Uh, It could be Spate. It could be O'Korn. To me, it doesn't really matter because Michigan doesn't have the quarterback play to hang with Ohio State. Uh, as I said, the only way this game doesn't end up being a blowout is if somehow uh, Michigan is able to keep this game close and uh, they, they, they're able to rough up uh, Barrett so that he can't execute the offense. Outside of that, Ohio State has this game uh, pretty much uh, in, in lockstep. I, I don't see where Michigan uh, comes in and pulls off the upset. Uh, I mean, uh, Ohio State's favored by uh, 10 and a half. And I, uh, to be perfectly frank, I, I, I think that that line was being generous. I, I think this is, a, uh, this is a two touchdown win for Ohio State easy. I I mean, again, I look at this and I'm saying, who's the best player on the field? It's JT Barrett. Barrett has a good day. They win this one by three touchdowns. So to me, the Lions uh, being very conservative here uh, by uh, giving so much uh, favoritism to Michigan. I don't think Michigan has much of an answer in terms of offense uh, that even troubles Ohio State today. So I give give the edge to the Buckeyes, and I expect them to uh, win this one big uh, based off of just the the actual total offense that they should be able to generate against uh, Michigan. So uh, we have that. We also have Georgia coming off a loss uh, last week. Uh, I mean, uh, coming off, uh, I mean, again, Georgia, uh, They it was two weeks ago, actually, that they lost to Auburn. But uh, Georgia, you know, I'm, I'm conflicted about this Georgia team because – I still look at them and I see a team that has more than enough firepower to beat uh, Alabama. I, I, I just look at this and I'm just saying to myself, if Georgia can just find a way of staying out of their own way, staying healthy and executing, they have a chance of beating Alabama. I don't think Alabama loses to Auburn today, but I'll get into the reasons why. Uh, yeah, from my perspective, it's uh, it still comes down to uh, Georgia doing what they need to get done. They they're playing uh, Georgia Tech today. I expect Georgia Tech to slow uh, do their triple option, slow the game down, minimize the possessions for Georgia. Uh, my th- my thing with Georgia is I expect them to actually uh, be a little bit more conservative, not show too much on the playbook, just to get ready for Alabama. Uh, in the SEC t- uh, title game, because again, why would you show the full playbook against uh, Georgia Tech a week before the title game? Is uh, in the SEC championship game, you're better off keeping the playbook basic. So 
I actually expect Georgia Tech to hang in there for quite a while and cover uh, as the underdog with 11.5 points just from the standpoint of, listen, they don't, uh, Georgia doesn't need to be showing the full playbook. So that actually, uh, that actually gives them uh, a bit of a fighting shot to uh, cover this game, uh, uh, cover this game as an underdog and uh, uh, you take the points. I think Georgia wins the game. I just don't think they blow out Georgia Tech just to in order to keep uh, keep uh, everything under wraps for Alabama. And so uh, we uh, talk about the big game uh, today between uh, Alabama and Auburn. My take on this is that uh, obviously you got a two-loss Auburn side. That's number six in the country. Uh, you've got Alabama, number one team in the nation. I mean, in terms of rushing and passing, these teams are pretty much uh, comparable. Uh, you got uh, Auburn with 250 yards rushing, Alabama's 270. Uh, they, uh, they're both decent at passing the ball. Uh, they cut down on turnovers. The defenses, uh, uh, you know, Alabama has had the best defense, I should say, uh, one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, the biggest issue was the fact that uh, – uh, in terms of uh, the uh, the actual breakdown of it, it's the fact that the Alabama injury situation in terms of the linebacker play is actually a key difference here. Now, typically Alabama likes to shoot the gaps with their uh, their linebackers to kind of stuff the run. Uh, they're going to have a bit tougher time doing that uh, today just because of the injuries and the fact that they're going up against a better offensive line than they typically do in the SEC uh, this year. I should also say this is the fact that the winner of this matchup goes on to play Georgia in the SEC title game. I've been writing off uh, Auburn uh, from that standpoint. I mean, if you really look at it, yes, they're playing for the right to play Georgia in the SEC title game, and I've been writing off uh, uh, I've been writing off uh, Auburn from this standpoint. Here's the reason why I'm still uh, looking at it from uh, this standpoint. Uh, Raquan Davis at Alabama is probably going to be the difference maker uh, on this uh, in this game today, uh, just because he's six seven and he's over three hundred pounds. Honestly, if the Giants ha- didn't have so many issues, he'd be one of my hit picks for uh, picking uh, picking up in the NFL. But that, that's neither here nor there. But uh, I, I just think he's going to be a disruptor in the middle of the field and uh, and actually. Uh, 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 stymie uh, the Auburn offense because I don't think Auburn's going to be able to run between the tackles that they typically do. Uh, one of the other things that I uh, see coming uh, forward from this game is the fact that uh, the uh, biggest uh, biggest difference uh, that typically happens uh, uh, on uh, the Auburn sideline is the fact that they can uh, generate turnovers. I just don't see... Uh, uh, see the turnovers coming today uh, that you would normally see uh, in terms of uh, the Iron Bowl. So, from my perspective, uh, Gus Malzahn has been playing for his job the entire year, uh, just because that Georgia that win over Georgia saved his job for sure. But uh, considering the amount of job openings that uh, have just occurred, I mean, you just had Nebraska uh, fire. Mike Riley, which was uh, uh, pretty much, uh, well, actually, the news hasn't come down yet, but 
Mike Riley is uh, is as good as gone. The only question about Mike Riley is the fact that uh, whether he gets fired uh, today or tomorrow, or it or if he was already fired and Nebraska just hasn't leaked the pre- uh, press conference yet because Tom Osborne Warren is trying to court uh, uh, Scott Frost and any other former Nebraska player to be the next head coach of Nebraska. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, Malzahn has so many suitors right now uh, that, is, uh, that are going to crop up. I mean, Malzahn to Florida makes sense, too. I, I mean, there's there's just so much that can go on uh, with Gus Malzahn that I, I kind of look at this game and I, I'm saying to myself, I'm not seeing the same level of commitment out of Auburn just because of how up in the air this situation is. Whereas Alabama, it's just business as usual. So I think uh, you get a, a decent performance out of Jalen Hurts. Nothing too awe-inspiring, but uh, he gets the job done. And you get a, a tight a tight victory for Alabama. Uh, I, I look at this as like a 34-31 type of game. Uh, and the reason why I see that amount of offense is the fact that uh, you're going to have some big plays uh, down the stretch. Uh, my, my thing is that uh, you, you're probably going to uh, see such a tight game now that Alabama can't cover the four and a half, but uh, I do like uh, Alabama to win the game now. Uh, so uh, that's a prediction I, I have for the main game tonight. And then, of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, be remiss if I didn't mention uh, some of the other matchups. Uh, Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson, obviously, ACC title game next week against Miami. Should uh, take care of business against South Carolina, but that line is at 14.5, and and with that many points, again, same argument I I had about Georgia. I kind of like South Carolina here as the underdog to cover the spread because uh, the biggest thing uh, when you see with a line that big, a lot of times teams have to throttle down the, uh, the offense as the favorite just so they don't reveal too much of the offense. Uh, going next week, so I, I like the underdog uh, uh, in South Carolina here, just because the line is big enough where uh, you know it, it kind of t- takes care of itself. Uh, another matchup, but uh, tonight uh, coming up uh, is uh, Texas A&M versus LSU. Uh, Kevin Sumlin is in all likelihood done at at the end of this year. Uh, you've already seen Brett Bielema get fired, but Jones got fired. Someone's next. It's just a matter of when it goes down. Uh, it could go down as soon as this game ends, or if he loses, or they could wait until drag this out until the bowl game. Uh, it, there's really no uh, clear uh, idea of when it's going to happen, other than it's happening, uh, which is unfortunate. It's just someone's biggest problem is the fact that he coaches in the SEC, and no one has been able to beat uh, Nick Saban consistently. Uh, Malzahn's gotten a couple of wins, but, uh, again, they play on different sides of the SEC. So if you're playing on the Alabama side of the SEC, you're, I mean, it is what it is. You, you are not winning consistently. I don't care who you are. So, uh, I look at this as and say the SEC is going to change over quite a bit. And part of it is you're going to get some fresh blood in there in terms of the coaching staff. But it's just a coaching massacre going to the SEC at this point, in my opinion. Uh, there's just too many schools and too many conferences available where you can make your money as a head coach. 
Uh, and there are enough hungry young coaches that will take that SEC job because they want the money. But if you're an established coach, why are you going to kill yourself going to the SEC? It, it doesn't make any sense in my opinion. So I, I still like uh, uh, a couple of these uh, coaches to just move on and maybe go into some of the Big 12 or Pac-12, uh, Pac-12 schools. And then uh, you have the Apple Cup uh, uh, coming up tonight uh, between Washington and Washington State. I'm I'm gonna take the Huskies here, uh, although I, I I think they'll win. Uh, it's gonna be tough covering the nine and a half, uh, just because I can see that game being a coin flip. To be honest, uh, so Huskies are favored by nine and a half. Uh, I'll take them, although that game could easily go in the direction of Washington State uh, pulling off a, a small upset because, I mean, it's 14 versus 15. Uh, it's just at uh, it's just at uh, Washington. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to pick Wazoo on the road, but, uh, you know, the line is, is still uh, – I may end up flip-flopping on that call, for, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Uh, I'll, I'll see what the injury situation is again tonight. Uh, before I make a final pick on that one, but uh, it, it, it's uh, that line is right there on the border of I can go either way with it. And then uh, you got Notre Dame traveling to Stanford uh, tonight. Uh, I believe that's the ABC game of the week. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is very good on the year. Of course, the Miami loss is what took them out of the playoff conversation. Uh, you know, they beat Stanford. Yeah, they could be entertained in the line of thinking, but I just think there's so much carnage that would have to happen for the Irish to get considered again. Obviously, they need to win tonight, but uh, they need a lot of help to uh, get themselves uh, in the mix uh, for uh, the college football playoff. So uh, that covers it for uh, the college football today. I'll start getting to the NFL lines as well. Uh, with uh, the matchups that are coming up uh, today right now. So uh, now that uh, we've gotten out of the Thursday Night Football package for Turkey Day, uh, here are the games that are on deck uh, for tomorrow. First up, uh, yes, we got the Eagles hosting the Bears. Eagles favored by 13 and a half. Uh, I mean... The Bears have looked better under Trubisky. 13.5 is a big number. I'm still inclined to take the Eagles here, although it would not surprise me if uh, Chicago pulled uh, pulled out uh, a backdoor uh, backdoor save on the, the points and uh, uh, won out at the dog. So, uh, I'll, I'll, obviously, I'm taking the Eagles to win, but uh, in terms of... Uh, the spread, the Chicago may actually win out on this one, uh, uh, I, but I, I would still pick the Eagles uh, I, until they until they lose. It's it's hard to pick against them. Uh, you got Atlanta hosting Tampa Bay. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick traveling on the road. The only thing that's a saving grace for Tampa Bay here is the fact that uh, you still haven't seen the best out of Mike Evans just yet. And the fact that it's Mike Evans and Julio Jones in the same matchup, I'm almost inclined to think that between the two of them, one of them should have a monster day because they've both been miserable in terms of fantasy ownership 
uh, as wide receivers. Believe me, I have I, I have seen both destroy teams this year, uh, and not in a good way. Just destroy their own fantasy teams this year. So I'm inclined to uh, side with Tampa covering uh, uh, as the underdog with the nine and a half. Uh, the issue being is that uh, uh, you know I don't. I'm just not a fan of the Falcons uh, this year. I And I'll get into my biggest gripe with the Falcons shortly. Uh, it's just the fact that Steve Sarkeesian, to me, is not a good play caller. And the fact that he even got this job in the first place, showing no acumen as an NFL play caller, is insulting. I, I really don't... Again, I talked about it before, that it seems as though he got the job just because... You know, Dan Quinn worked with uh, Pete Carroll, and Steve Sarkeesian worked with Pete Carroll, so it's all good. I mean, that's what it honestly seems like. The resume isn't there as a play caller at the NFL level. Yes, at the college level, yeah, you can make the case for Sark. Not at the pro level. And it's kind of showing itself in how haphazard the Falcons have been uh, this year. So, uh, again, not a fan of the Falcons, so I'm, I'm going to take the Bucks. Uh, and again, uh, just, uh, in terms of some of the points I had raised previously, uh, with, uh, the Thanksgiving games, uh, uh, when I, uh, made some of these Santa Fe picks, uh, there's still no word yet on, uh, the extent of Tom Brady's, uh, Achilles injury, other than the fact that, uh, you know, it's been hampering him in practice. I, I still look at that Miami game as much as I dislike Jay Cutler. You know, uh, he's not going to be in this game today, uh, tomorrow, rather. So Matt Moore is going to get the start. I'm going to say don't be shocked if Miami uh, makes that uh, one possession game and still has a chance to win the game. I, I'm, I'm just saying that right now because the way I'm – this is like a lazy kind of game and – the fact that the New England is being this coy about Brady kind of has me thinking that there might actually be some fire to the story that Brady's banged up and they may need to rely on Brian Hoyer uh, tomorrow more than they're letting on. So uh, I, I would keep uh, close tabs on that game. And then uh, the game of the week is going to be uh, the Rams and the, the Saints, uh, you know, Jared Goff did not have a great game last week against the Vikings. Uh, should have get a bounce back response uh, today. I mean tomorrow uh, from him. Uh, from the standpoint of, you know, these are the games that you start getting judged on as a quarterback. So I I do kind of like uh, uh, seeing Goff as a differential play from a fantasy perspective. I'll get into the DFS lineups uh, tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early, just so. Uh, uh, I reveal everything that I've got planned for the cash games and tournament plays, but I, I do like uh, golf going forward. And then my biggest play is the fact that in prime time, I've got a lot riding on the Steelers. Here's the thing that I still can't get my head around is the fact that by and large, Green Bay's offense has been putrid uh, since Aaron Rodgers has gone down. And there doesn't seem to be any sign of it improving. The one thing that uh, they have going for them is the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster has been ruled out of the game due to a hamstring injury. 
That just means that Big Ben's going to force the ball more to Antonio Brown. And if Antonio Brown get, is in the same rhythm as he was in with the Titans last Thursday and he gets uh, a little bit of space to operate with, this could be an ugly game for the Packers if they get down early. And that's my fear with the Packers. There's there's no there's no sign that they're going to be able to figure figure out what they need to get done uh, in advance. So if they get down early, I think that pretty much uh, is a wrap for them. So uh, I, I still want to see how much I can fit the budget in uh, for the Steelers. Uh, but uh, it's basically going to be a stack of Steelers defense and figuring out uh, how I want to play between Le'Veon and A.B. in some of the tournament lineups. Uh, but uh, now that Juju's out, that makes it a bit easier uh, to uh, justify paying up for A.B. So uh, that's all I've got for now. Uh, in terms of uh, the NFL, uh, we do have an update on uh, earlier action today. Because... Early on, and this is wee early in the morning, so uh, this was about, uh, I think it was about 8.45 this morning when uh, the actual uh, uh, main event went down. Uh, it just, in, if you want to see some of a brutal knockout, uh, this was it for the UFC. So uh, uh, UFC uh, Fight Night uh, 122 over in China today. Saw the formal middleweight champion of the world, Michael Bisping, get absolutely crushed by Kelvin Gastelum. And as you, some of you may recall uh, from my previous podcast yesterday, I said that Bisping was jumping back into this match quickly after his uh, loss to George St. Pierre, where he dropped the middleweight title, because he was trying to avoid a serious matchup with some of the tougher matchups in the middleweight division. The issue he ran into, however, is Gastelum was more than ready to trade punches with Bisping. And, I mean, the left uppercut that, uh, he, so he basically eats a huge left hook. And, you know, I mean, Bisping just crumples under the left hook. Uh, legs go out from under him. His head slams on the mat. And Gastelum just pounds him out uh, before the referee comes in for the save, but I mean, it was about as brutal a knockout you're going to see this year in the UFC. So uh, again, you know, sometimes be careful what you wish for because uh, you may get a result you may not have anticipated. And that's what Bisping got because not only did he get a brutal knockout, he's knocked himself so far down the rankings in the middleweight division. He may just retire after that loss because he typically does not get finished and to get finished two fights in a row at his age, that might be it for the count. So again, uh, we'll we'll see what uh, uh, what happens uh, next uh, uh, in the middleweight division. But I mean, at his age, being thirty eight, there's not too many fights like that where you can take a beating like that and still keep moving forward. So uh, we'll see how uh, uh, this uh, pans out for the middleweight division. Gastelum uh, definitely takes a step up. Uh, uh, after that uh, surprising victory. I mean, I shouldn't even say surprising. It's just the fact that he struggles making weight. When he uh, when he's on, he's on. He, he's a, he's a, uh, he is tough uh, in the middleweight division. He's got a ton of power. But, you know, there's 
uh, still just a ton of people uh, in that middleweight division, and they're all killer. So uh, Gaslam has his plate full of uh, potential opponents in order to line up for a title shot. So uh, that's uh, that's all there is for the throwdown as of right now. We'll see how uh, these college games uh, play out, but uh, uh, it should be an interesting day of games, and uh, uh, maybe we'll see some uh, tight matchups uh, that uh, uh, cause quite a bit to talk about. So uh, take care for now. about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss unlike other football shows you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks like is this the year tom brady finally looks his age will dating danica patrick distract aaron Rodgers? i mean he's dating danica patrick charlie we're interested in that you know well i mean tommy's got giselle i'll, I'll take giselle okay <laughs> is dak prescott good enough to win a super bowl for the cowboys which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018 how about intellectually charlie as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now the game has changed but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous join charlie weiss and co-host steve strout on an all-new podcast from lasting media exclusively about quarterbacks subscribe now at apple itunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts celebrity qb everyone's favorite position When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.